Welcome to Follow Your Curiosity, where we explore the inner workings of the creative process. I'm your host, Nancy Norbeck. Linda King caught the travel bug at an early age. She also grew up in a family of writers. After working in the travel and banking industries and discovering that there was an appetite for her travel advice, she started The Smart Travelista, a website and series of travel books to help people travel wisely and save money doing it. Linda tells me more about that journey and about her more recent foray into creative nonfiction and also offers some travel tips and a pep talk for anyone who needs a little motivation to give travel a try. We also talk about how travel influences your creative process. Here's my conversation with Linda King. Linda, welcome to Follow Your Curiosity. I'm really glad you're here today. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Sure. So I always start everybody out with the same question, which is, were were you a creative kid or did you discover your creative side later on in life? I was always a creative kid. I was the one in, in school that was writing short stories, funny short stories. Um, probably the, the first story I can remember writing was about my nana, my grandmother, um, and about her neighbour and the relationship they had together, which was quite a funny relationship, a bit of a love-hate relationship, Um, but observing it as a child and then writing a story about it. Um, So, yes, I've always been creative, I think, even as a child. Um, I think with what I'm doing now, probably started doing it seriously in the last five years, but always had ideas, always had story ideas, my imagination always running wild with different stories. Um, And I would write them down, but I think seriously, probably in the last five years, and I've done probably more with it. Fair enough. Did anybody encourage you when you were writing those stories as a kid or would they just kind of think, oh, this is just her little kid thing and no big deal? Um, It's funny because I come from a family of writers. Mm -hmm. So um, my grandmother wrote a children's book. Um, I've got a cousin on my father's side who's a journalist. Um, and both my father and his uncle and his brother were writers. So I think it might have been in the blood. Um, Sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I think as a kid, you know, I, I think as a kid you, you're really innocent and you, I think you're really receptive to creativity. Um, I, I think when you get a little bit older, it's like, okay, well, I've got to work. I've got to do this for work and all that. But as a kid, you, you're more freer, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I used to write. A lot of short stories, and I think my father still got probably all of them that I that I wrote. But um, oh wow! But yeah, it, 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 I think I think you know what I think, Nancy. I think everyone's creative. It's just whether they tap into it or not. Yes. So I think everyone's born with it, and I think if you learn how to tap into it, it's marvelous. Absolutely. Did, did the other writers in your family inspire you in any way, whether they knew it or not? I think they might have. Yeah, I think growing up seeing that and I think growing up reading a lot because obviously if you're a writer, you need to do a lot of reading as well. Um, but I think I did, I did a lot of reading as a kid um, and always probably in the background, you know, that we talk about my uncle and my grandmother and the writing that they were doing. So I think you absorb everything as a child, I think, and it, and then you become what you become later on, um, but with all that influence, I think. Right. And you ended up in fields that don't tend to, or we don't tend to think of as being writing-related fields. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, with the writing, there was all the other influences in my life. So as a child, we did a lot of travelling, Um and so that influenced me as well. So as, as a child, you know, we went around Australia on a four-month road trip, um, my family, and that really opened my mind. I was like, this is amazing. I want to do this as, as a as a life, you know, if I can. Um, so I think probably the writing took a bit of a back step to the travelling. Um, but then, you know, within the last few years, I think they've married up really nicely, the writing as well as the travelling. Um, so I think... Yeah, it happens when it's meant to happen, I think. Absolutely. And I want to talk at some point about how the traveling influences the writing and vice versa, because I'm so very sure that it does. But I know you also worked as a banker. And I'm curious, I mean, did that, 
also mean that you kind of, for want of a better word, abandoned the creative side for a while? Or were you still doing creative things on your off hours? Yeah, I've always been doing creative things. Um, so I think what what happened was I was in the travel industry, then left the travel industry and then went into banking and sort of more finance. Um, the writing was still on the periphery. Um, it's funny because with the travel and then also the money management, that's how the smart travelista became because it was and another thing that uh, my family are really good at is money managers. They're really good at money. <laughs> so I think that was also another influence. So if we go back to the childhood, all these influences. Um, so I've always been really good with money also. Um, so that sort of attracted me with the banking. It was like, okay, let me see what I can, you know, learn more about. Um, so, yeah, the smart travelist is sort of the blending of the travel, also the money management um, and the writing fits in really nicely as well. So I think um, you gravitate to things that you're interested in, I think, in life. Um, and, you, you know, you might have a passion. So my passion, writing as well as travelling, but also who doesn't like money, right? Um, and we <laughs> like making money and, and maybe um, learning how to save it is, you know, has always been a, a thing with me, especially, I don't know, when you go shopping, I'm a bit of a shopper. The challenge for me is to find something really, really valuable for a really low cost, um, and I really enjoy that as well. So, um, but, yeah, I, I think the influence that you have in life, you become, I, th I think, sort of mould you and you become what you end up sort of being. I know life's a bit of a journey, but, it, you know, you, you tend to blend in with everything that you've had influences with I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious because the the idea of a four-month trip around anywhere mm. is something that sounds so immediately out of reach to a lot of people. And I'm, I'm curious if you know how it is that your family, you know, found the, the resources to make that happen. My father was banking up all his annual leave. So he had been at a company for quite a long time. And they had had a lot of long service life. So his idea, and um, it was just his, his idea at the time, he thought, right, we're going to get in the car. We're going to pay for the petrol. We'll have a tent. So we'll tent everywhere. We might caravan, you know, do the van as well. Um, and then if we're really lucky, we might stay in a motel. That was sort of our, our um, sort of special for the trip. But, yeah, his idea was he wanted to go around Australia and see as much as he could in four months. Um, we as children were quite pleased because we weren't going to be at school for four months. Right. But what we didn't know was that he went to the teachers and got all our homework for the four months. Sneaky so, dad. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky dad. And then so we had a table that we used to sit on, you know, have our meals, you know, with the tent and everything. And he goes, oh, um, I've got a surprise for you. And I went, oh, okay. He goes, um, you've got homework to do tonight. And I was like, oh. Surprise. Not a big, not a good surprise. So right. we, me and my brother just looked at each other and went, but it was good because we didn't we didn't miss any school. And then when we got back, we were probably ahead because of all the content the teachers had given him. So um, so that was good. And you can't buy the life education that we had traveling around oh, yeah. and seeing everything that we saw. Like you can't put a price on that. So um, it was a really, really good experience. One that I'll always remember, I think. Are there things um, from that experience that you still draw on now? Yeah, it was the first time I ever met Indigenous people. Mm. Um, and, and they were the most lovely, loveliest people. Um that you could ever meet um just the pristine um your scenery and the and the um you know just the, the outback we'd never seen red earth before um we'd never seen uluru um just just so many things and the great australian bite between perth and the east coast of australia you have this great australian bite which is southern the southern bit and it's sort of like the the bit out part of Australia, where you can bite it, and there's like a big, big bite <laughs> mark there. This, the, the scenes there, and the water, 
and and just yeah, which is mind blowing. Um, as a kid, we were like, we just didn't believe we were there. Um, and the thing about the Nullarbor Plain, so you go across the Great Australian Bike, but from Perth through to the east coast, you don't see many people because it's such a vast um, stretch of land and, and, and road. So if we saw someone, we'd be like this waving to them because we hadn't seen anyone for at least a few hours. Um, but, you know, we gold mined um, in Kalgoorlie. So that's a really, really big industry now um, for Western Australia wow. with all the gold mining. But, you know, we'd had our metal detectors and we were trying to find gold and we found, you know, probably a few old um, rusty nails and <laughs> we found some really nice um old style bottles like blue really bright blue bottles from you know the early 1900s 1800s so as you know as, as it rains a lot of the things are, are, are hidden under the ground but when we were using the metal detector we were finding all these little things but I found this blue bottle I remember um dad said to us be really careful when you find anything that's blue just you know you, you don't be too hard when you're digging in there. I found a bottle, an old, um, old-fashioned bottle. Apparently, it was worth a lot of money. And this lady in the town said, "I'll, I'll buy. I'll pay fifty dollars for the bottle." And I said to my father, "I think this bottle's valuable. I'm keeping it." <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> but um, and I've still got the bottle. But it, yeah, it was just amazing. It was. I, I can't put it into words, Nancy. It was just such a an amazing trip that we went on and I think it probably started me on my travel journey for the rest of my life really. That sounds amazing I'm, I'm sitting here trying not to turn too green on you with envy because yeah. I just I can't imagine what that you know how that must have felt to have that much time to just go and explore and see places especially in Australia where things are so different depending on where you are it, it mm. just wow wow yeah <laughs> good good for your dad <laughs> yeah and yeah good for him and I think my life might have turned out differently had we not had that yeah. experience you know absolutely yeah so so you went into the travel industry and then you left which kind of yeah. surprises me since you're so you know travel centric so I'm curious to know how how that was yeah so initially so I was born in Sydney in Sydney and the airline that I worked for had the head office in Sydney so I moved down to Melbourne for personal reasons and then but there was no jobs so what I did was used a lot of my transferable skills and went into that industry um, and as it turned out jobs then became available so I sort of went back into the, the airline industry um, and actually going back into it again so I'm, I'm going back to my roots. Um, so it's funny how the circle goes around. Um, but, yeah, I think sometimes you've just got to take your opportunities. So if, you know, the um, in the industry that you've got um, the, the experience in, the jobs aren't available, okay, you've got transferable skills, what can you do? Um, because obviously you're still going to earn money and pay the bills. Um, but I'm glad that I did it because it showed me that, the skills that I've got can be transferred through to different industries, which I think is very powerful in your career because you can be in one industry for the whole of your life and then if something happens to that industry, yeah. you could be stuck and not be able to, um, you know, get another job. So I think it's worked out a, a really in, in a really great way because I've tested myself, challenged myself, probably learned a few things as well along the way which has then made me more valuable for going back into the travel industry. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, I don't regret anything, Nancy, in life. I think your journey's sometimes predestined, I think. <laughs> I, th I think you've got choices in life, but um, the choices you make sort of then, I think there's always going to be a benefit from that. There's positive outcomes of that. So, the positive out of going out of the travel industry and going into other industries has meant that I've learned a lot of skills, a lot of different things that now make me more valuable to an employer. So, yeah, it's um, funny how your career and life go, um, but never regret. That's my big, my big um, thing about it. 
Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. 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 So then how did you come to start the Smart Travelista? So it's really funny. I used to get asked quite a bit, um, quite a few tips from family and friends. And then I was on a trip uh, through Europe, probably just before COVID. And I was getting asked tips all the time from other travellers. You get into conversations with, with people and they were like, we know you're on that flight, but how did you get out so quickly? <laughs> I was travelling in business class and they wanted to know how I was travelling in business class. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was other places that I'd stayed at that were, you know, five-star and I was getting them really cheaply. And they, so I was getting asked all these questions. And one lady said to me when I was in Dubai, she said, um, do you have a blog? Do you have a website? Or, have you, you know, do you write about this stuff? And I went, you know, I don't, but I was having a lot of these conversations. And then I thought to myself on the flight um, back to London, I thought, I have to write all this down. So look, it's, it's common, I don't know, it's common sense to me because I've got all this travel expertise, but to other people it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I started writing it down and I got the outline for the first book done on that flight. Um, and then it just led from there. And then so what I did was I was the books that I write are topics that are going to resonate with the traveller. So if I was putting myself in those shoes and going, okay, what would, what would be a book that I'd really want to read uh, to save me money on certain aspects of travel? And that's the sort of books that I've written. Um, so I've written four books in the Smart Travelista series. Um, I've got a fifth one coming out also probably within the next month. But they're all on topics that resonate with people. So everyone wants to learn how to um, save money before they travel and then also while they're travelling. One big thing that I use a lot of is um, airline miles. Mm -hmm. So I've written a book about that. Um, Health and safety is always a really um, important one if you're travelling solo um, and health especially, you know, with everything we've been through. Um, and then the next one that I'm bringing out is about food allergies, which I'm a food allergy sufferer. And there's a lot of people out there that I've spoken to that suffer food allergies. So I'm bringing that one out shortly. Um, but also um, I've done something a little bit different and I've got a bit of a travel um, short stories books that I've brought out oh, as cool. well, uh, which just got launched this week um, called Annex Abroad. So, yeah, I'm stretching myself as a writer. So, um, you know, obviously... I focus on the travel tips in the in the series, but also looking at creative nonfiction now. So I think as a writer, you've got to challenge yourself because you know you grow and then and you learn. I think if you do that. So, but yeah, it's just I don't know whether this makes sense, Nancy, but it's all up here. All mm-hmm. the knowledge is up here, and I'm just translating it into um, a, a book, but making it in a nice, attractive package, and you know, sure. and and. and a, and a nice ride for somebody, yeah. Well, you're definitely into territory that interests me because when I started this podcast, my my original idea was to use it as an excuse to travel and to go around to different places and meet creative people and then say, you know, tell me your story and when you're done, tell me who else I should talk to and that'll be the next stop on wherever I go. Except that obviously that requires a bunch of money that I did not have when I started the podcast. So Zoom it is. But um, but yeah, I, I love I love to go... Any, anywhere that I can get away with going, I usually travel on my own, which sometimes when I was in New Zealand staying in an Airbnb with an older couple, they told me I was the bravest person they'd ever met. And I thought, I'm really not, but okay. <laughs> but, it, you know, I, I'm not big on package tours and things like that. I want to be able to go out and explore things on my own. And if you put me on a tour bus for too long, it's not good for anybody. <laughs> Yes. So I'm I'm always curious to know about what else I might not know when it comes to picking a destination or how to get there without going broke or or anything like that. But I'm I'm wondering like what what things have people asked you that have surprised you the most or just surprised you that you think are noteworthy? I think one thing that I think is really unchapped and the thing that I get asked about is the miles, how, mm-hmm. to, how to do that. 
Um, and like I've been doing it for a long time. I was one of the jobs in the travel industry was as a travel agent. So I used to teach other people how to do it. Um, so that's one big tip that I get asked a lot about. People don't know where to start with it, how to actually get into it. Um, and yeah, it's just about taking it step by step. So you've really got to think about, okay, what airline am I traveling most on? Mm-hmm. And that's potentially then joining up with their program and then doing a bit of a, an analysis and a bit of research and seeing what fits in with your lifestyle. Um, and then it becomes a no brainer after that. Um, just, you know, doing, using the, the, the um, partners that'll get you the points. Um, thing that surprised me someone actually asked me the most amount of money that I'd saved on an airline ticket um and I would have to say business class so what I do is I save my points up to go to long haul because Australia is so far away from Mm -hmm. everywhere else um and so I would normally save my points up for London um so if I paid for an airfare from say Melbourne to London um, business class, I'm probably looking about $6,000, $7,000. Um, for me, building the points up and then use, utilising them to get a business class ticket is, is a massive saving for me. Um, and it just gives you all that extra money to spend on other things. Absolutely. But one thing I would say um, that I think is what everyone should do is use their points or build points and then use them. Um, but I've got so many other travel tips that I could share. So, I mean, one big thing, and the travel agents won't like me with this, but book it <laughs> online yourself. Mm. You're going to save so much money. Um, and, yes, it takes a bit of organisation and a bit of research and a bit of time, but that time's money really well spent. Um, what else could I tell you? Um, people going, people make the mistake of travelling in peak season which is mm. when the prices are most expensive. And what I would say is try, if you can, do uh, lower shoulder seasons. Obviously, the weather's probably not as nice, so it might be a little bit colder or a bit more rainier, um, but it's also going to save you a lot of money. Um, but, yeah, no question is really off limits when people ask me for travel tips. Um, I, I get It's funny, I get common questions and then they end up being book titles, um, the common ones that get asked. Um, and then people come, and people come through and then say to me, I'd like to know about this. I was like, okay, well, that's another book title as well. So it's really good, Nancy, with um, engaging with people and people engaging with you. Some of the best ideas come from conversations that you've had with people. Um, and I'm one for keeping note of every Every idea, um, I think as a writer, and you'll probably think the same, um, when, once you open up the floodgates with your creativity, it just doesn't stop. Inspiration mm-hmm. just comes flowing out of you. Um, and I have notebooks everywhere and also obviously my mobile. <laughs> and I write down things because if you don't write them down, you'll forget. Mm-hmm. And then you can use that as a, as a, a building block for something, whether that be a blog post or a new book. So when you started putting the books together, did you think that you were just doing one book or did you realize that you had a bunch of different topics that would lend themselves to a series right off the bat? You know what? I, at the, the, that point in time, I thought it was just going to be the one book. Um, but then as it sort of went organically from that, I just realized, well, the first book, there's so many topics that I speak about in the first book that I could actually make books out of them. And it was only after the fact um, of, of publishing that one, I thought, yeah, there's absolutely some more books that I can write. And then that, yeah, just turned into a series after that. And how do but, you yeah. find writing the travel book, since that's a nonfiction kind of writing, versus your fiction writing? Is the um, process very different. similar? Okay. Very different because the thing, well, they're not different. Writing's writing. Um, but I think with, this series, it's more about informational guides. So it's more probably it's more, um it's nonfiction, but it's probably not it's not business writing and it's not academic writing. It's sort of sort of um more conversational how-to books. Mm-hmm. 
the non the non creative non fiction um, you you're, you're putting a bit more of a story into that so with the other books you are putting a bit of a story in but it's more informational content tips strategies and all that sort of thing with the other one um, the creative non fiction it's, there's more showing and telling you know um, and and all that sort of stuff so you're showing and you're creating a, a picture for the reader and taking them through the journey of, of what happened in that story. So it is a little bit different. And I think it's a little bit more challenging also too because you're using more of your writing in it. Um, not to say that the other writing's not good, but it's it serves its purpose. It's mm-hmm. more of a travelling guide. Um, the other one is you want to make it entertaining for people. You want it to be something that they're going to go away and and, and be entertained by, um, have a bit of a laugh about. Um, so, yeah, it is a little bit different. Um, but I've actually enjoyed doing it because it's now giving me ideas about other things that I can get into. So, yeah, it, it's sort of like the writing journey started one place, but it's going down the, down the path and leading into other things. And I think as a writer, in, in my opinion, to be a good writer, you should be able to do all sorts of things. Not just one, but you know, one thing might be your lane, and you might like that. But for me, I like to be challenged. So you know, um, and it's, it's good because I'm constantly writing. Whether it's I'm writing a blog, I'm writing content for my website, or I'm writing a book, it's building that that writing muscle. Mm-hmm. And I feel that as you go along, you're getting better and better. Definitely. How, yeah. how does your blog influence your travel book series or are they completely different things for you? Um, some of the well, some of the blog articles, I've had ideas, like people have said to me, can you write about this? So they've mm-hmm. sent me communication going, I would really love it if you could write about this. Um, also through conversations on social media. Um, so the allergy book came about because someone had actually had a conversation with me and it's something that I suffer from and, you know, not everyone suffers, but, you know, you've got a percentage of people that do. And firstly, I wrote a blog post about that and got a really good reception and I thought, absolutely need to write a book about this, expand on that. So I think some of the blog posts that I've done have have ended up being books, but you started as a blog and I actually um, noticed a lot of other authors have done that too. They've had a blog and they've written blog posts that have then um, uh, sort of gone into and, and become a book. So I think it's, a, it's like a bit of a tester, I suppose. You send something out to the universe and see what sort of reception you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm big, I'm big one on research. So I ask questions on social media and I get responses back. And then it gives me a, it gives me a, um, a little bit of a, a trend on what's happening out there um, and whether there would be a need for that information as well. So I think use all the tools that you've got. So communication you've got with people, the social media, people responding on your blogs. I think it's all very helpful and useful. And then, you know, if, if you want to expand on that, then that becomes something more. Do people come to you on social media and and say, can you write a post about, I mean, I'm sure they do now that I'm asking this question that might be kind of silly, but I'm just wondering, since you're asking them questions, is it is it a real back and forth or does it mostly stay in the vicinity of whatever you've asked? No, back and forth all the time. Um, I actually had, what happens is people come by my website and they'll send me a message and one lady said to me, um, because I write about travel, but then I sometimes do a bit of a few blogs about writing because I think it's good to put tips out there about that. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked me, she said, oh, can you write about um, tips for new writers? And I thought, wow, that's a great idea for a blog post. So I did the blog on that. But it came from someone sending me a message via my website and saying, I would really love, I really love your blog. I would really love if you could write about, you know, um, do a blog about this. They ask, I deliver. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, I really love the engagement, um, whether it's by people sending me messages or whether it's via social media or even, you know, talking on a podcast. The engagement is wonderful because 
I always get ideas from any sort of engagement that I have with anybody. Um, and I think it's wonderful, actually. Um, and I love it. Like people give me feedback um, and I just think, well, it's worthwhile. When you get that feedback from people, you think what I'm doing is is valuable and people are liking it. It just gives you the, the um, gives you the momentum to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's a so, really yeah, good it, energy source. Absolutely. And, you know, I know there's a bad side of social media. I don't get involved in that. I always try and look for the positive um, out of it. And I've got so much out of it um, that I think it's a wonderful, if, if you use it for the right reasons, it's absolutely wonderful. And great communities like um, travel and writing communities, amazing. Like the, the support that you get from each other and the support you give each other. It's just priceless. It's really, really good. That's great. I can actually see you ending up writing a book about, you know, how to write a blog or even how to stay on the good side of social media. I think a lot of people would love to know how to do that. Yeah. I better write that down now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So have you ever done any sort of standard travel writing? I mean, you have the the creative, you know, short story nonfiction side, but have you ever done like magazine articles or anything about destinations? No, I haven't. Um, but it's something that I'm looking into. I think having a full-time job, um, this travel sort of is my side hustle. So there's never enough hours in the day to do everything. Um, but absolutely, yeah, I think... Um, Absolutely, writing for magazines. Um, it's always good to add to your portfolio, right? Um, I did a travel writing um, course, um, which was really, really invaluable. There was some people that taught us that were actually travel writers for magazines in Australia. Oh, great. Um, and it was such a great course. Um, but it's something that I haven't officially done. Um, but, yeah, what I'm looking at now, I'm looking at travel from a different perspective now when I travel. I'm thinking, okay, what can I do do once I get back, whether it's the blogs, whether it's, you know, looking at the photos. I'm probably looking at travel. I know it's leisure also, but I'm looking at more of a business perspective now and thinking, mm-hmm. okay, what can I do on this trip? What ideas for articles can I, I write, um, blog posts? Will it be a book? <laughs> and I'm looking at from that perspective. Um which I didn't do when I first started travel, but I suppose it's because I'm now in, in in the business that I look at it from this perspective. But it's not to say that I'm not going to enjoy as well the trips, but I'm also going to look at what I can, uh, you know, make content from uh, as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Looking at the magazines, um, I think that will be in my future, writing um, articles for them as well. How how did you end up making that leap from writing the how-to guides to writing the creative? So the stories were percolating in my mind probably for a few years. Oh, wow. So I'd, I'd, written, I'd written a few of them really, really rough drafts. Um, and then there was a few other, and, and you know, as you travel, you, you think of the experiences that you've had. So the book is more about it's some of the, it's called Annex Abroad. So it's antics, obviously, when things don't go so right <laughs> um, when you're travelling. Because when things go perfect, that's pretty boring in my opinion. The, the, the things that go wrong are more entertaining. So there's some um, stories in there that actually happened to me. Um, and But there's stories of people that I've met as well. So it's a combination of the two. And their stories, because... I've spoken, you know, you obviously speak with people when you travel and they've told me their stories. So um, some of their stories are in there as well. Um, so it's probably a combination of the two. Um, yeah, it, it, and I've tried to be as honest and, and true to what's, what happened, um, but obviously make it in a an entertaining sort of package. Um, but, yeah, they're all true stories. Um, and I look... I think they're high, they're entertaining. Um, some of them are, oh my God, I wouldn't 
but I don't know whether I've ever been in this situation or whether I want to be in that situation again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're just a bit of a, a collection of short stories. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's really about the people that I've met. I think they're the ones that bring the book to life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I had some some um, situations as well, but it's, it's the people that you meet. I think that I think it, that's an important part of travel. The people that you meet make the travel, the experiences that you have, um, and the unknown. Right? We go out there. We might have a plan about our trip. But then the unknown might happen. It's unknown to us, right? Yeah. You don't expect you don't expect bad things to happen to you when you travel. If you get out of them, that's great. Um, obviously, I got out of them because I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> um, but but you always learn from those experiences. I think um, you learn stuff about yourself. You learn um, that you've got strengths that you didn't think you had, and um, it makes you. I think. It helps you in your travels, actually, going through those experiences. They might seem a bit frightening at the time, but then you look back at them and go, okay, well, I've learned something from that. Um, I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it, it's, it, it's the fun of travel, I think. Um, and, yeah, the book's, book's about that. I think it's really celebrating um, travel and the things that happen to us when we travel. In the process of writing those stories down, did you learn new things about those experiences or, or learn new things about travel in general? Um, I, I learned that it's, it's always good to write it down when it happens because it becomes very fresh in your mind. But then in hindsight, when I was you know, obviously writing them, getting them together, was quite shocked <laughs> that um, how how calm I was through the whole a lot of the situations <laughs> that happened. Um, I'm a pretty calm person by nature, but yeah, I, I think I was probably calm, probably freaking out at the time, but calm um, if anyone saw me. Um, but I think what it really surprised me is that I must have nine lives because some of these things could have ended my life at any at any point um if you know but obviously i've got some angels up there looking out for me um or a cat with nine lives i don't know um but you, you know you can't push your luck too far i think in life because if you um take too many chances then you, you know things bad thing really bad things happen but um but yeah i think i, I must i must i don't know <laughs> I feel like a cat with nine lives, actually. Um, I'm not up to the ninth life, life yet, but I reckon I'm probably close to it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's funny looking back. Um, you look at it, look back at, at it from a different perspective, I think, because time's passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's obviously more raw when it happens, I think, and... But that's the time to write a da- write down about it because it's you've got those emotions. It's raw. It's with memories over time. You might not be able to recall those those feelings and those emotions. So, um, it, I've learned that now when situations happen like that, I write them down immediately because the memory is always going to be fresher mm-hmm. when when it's just happened. Then if you think about it, maybe a year or two down the track, or even five years, you know. Um, but yeah, um, blown away. So I, I think with this one word, um, I think when you're young, you do some crazy things when you're younger. <laughs> um, and I think that's probably youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would you do them when you're older? Maybe not. Um, but when you're young, I don't know, you're a bit carefree and yeah, you just, you think you're invincible, right? Yeah, you don't know any better. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. And sometimes it is. That's right. I would agree with that. Yeah. Is yeah. is there something that, you know, like a, a particular incident that, you know, you think of right off the top of your head in terms of, oh, I am never doing that again. And no one else ever should either. Yeah. Um, 
never go to a, a country when there's a hurricane about to hit <laughs> or it's hurricane season. That um, sounds like good I advice. Thought I, I, thought I'd done my, I thought I'd done my research, but obviously not. Um, yeah, that was an experience. So, yeah, I've always remembered that that lesson. Um, if I'm going to go to the States, um, if it's, yeah, you know, make sure it's not hurricane season where I'm planning to travel there. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, you live and learn. It was an experience. Oh, absolutely, um, I bet. We we have similar, probably not as as large as hurricanes, but we have cyclones in Australia, which is similar. Um, so, yeah, so I knew about cyclones, but I'd never actually been in the middle of a hurricane. But, you know, it, it was a live and learn um, experience. And, look, I got a story out of it, so, you know, in my book. So. <laughs> yeah. Not, not all bad, is it? No, I think that that's true of a lot of live and learn experiences. I don't think those tend to come without stories. That's right. That's right. But, um. But yeah, look, I, look, I don't regret anything. Um, I think all the experiences I've had made me who I am today. So you know, mm -hmm. I can laugh about them now um, and enjoy it. Really enjoy the memories. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the way to do it. Whether it's travel related or not, is just to mm. say this made me part of is part of who I am and you know mm. smarter this time and won't do that again but mm. i survived so yeah mm. absolutely yeah yeah so in general as opposed to specifically in terms of those stories have you noticed that traveling influences your creativity and or vice versa um I think it does, um, but it's. I, I think I'm creative all the time. So mm -hmm. you know, at the moment, obviously, I'm not travelling, but I think the travel opens it up. I think because you're getting such a, a whirlwind of differences. So you're travelling. You might be travelling to a new country that you've never been to. You might have researched it and done all that before you've gone, but actually being there is a different circ circumstance altogether. So it's like, and I think you're very receptive to all the different newness and and the differences to your own life, really. You know, they, the different culture, it's a different place. Um, people are different. So I think when I travel, it just goes up another notch. It just explodes because the ideas have kept running around in my head. Um, and I think... Once I've opened up the creativity, since I've opened up my creativity officially, I've got all these ideas all the time and, you know, I, I, I pursue them and, and, and write. But I think because, one, also you're on holidays, you're relaxed. Mm -hmm. Re being relaxed, it, all, it tends to open it up even more and then you get all these other ideas and they just bombard you and... I find that I have multiple notebooks over there and I'm just writing down ideas about blog ideas. Um, if something happens, I'll write that down. It's just, yeah, I think the newness is what stimulates more of that sort of writing productivity and, and mm -hmm. stimulates it. Um, I think I'm open to anything. So, you know, um, I could be at work and someone will say, say a comment and then that comment, I will think about something else, which will lead into an idea. So it's like every day life can also give you those ideas. So, you know, you have a conversation with somebody um, and then that'll lead to something else. So it's what someone says then triggers something in your brain or your mind and then that leads you down a path of, of another idea. So I can't turn it off, Nancy. <laughs> it's on now all the time. I don't mind it. Um, but it's just about capturing those ideas and then sometimes you'll have a, I'll be at, bre at breakfast and something will come to me and then I'll just be writing down while I'm eating my breakfast because if it comes to me, I'll just write it down. And so it's like the shell of something, might be shell of a, of a blog post or of an idea and then you just flesh that out later. Um, 
so yeah, it's um, it, it it's bizarre. Um, once you open this creativity, it just comes out. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're living, right? You you leave live and you breathe. It's just like that. It just comes out of you. Um, I'm pretty sure other writers would say the same. You know that there's things that um, their ideas and, and ideas for books and things come really, really organically just from you know everyday life, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because as you're talking, it's occurred to me that travel, especially to a place you've never been before, but also if you haven't been there for a while or you know, is is kind of like a palate cleanser for your eyes and the rest yes. of your brain. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what, what first occurred to me was, you know, you go someplace new and literally everything you're seeing is new. And mm. so many of us, you know, we don't even see half the things that are in our house because they've just become part of the scenery. Whereas mm. that doesn't happen when you're someplace new because literally none of it is anything you've ever seen before. Maybe also mm. never heard before or tasted before or, you know, what whatever else may come with that. And mm. And I think, you know, the challenge is to hang on to that sense of, oh, look, here's this thing I've had for 10 years and I'm going to look at it like I've never seen it before when you get home. And I don't think any of us can really sustain that for too long just because that's how our brains are wired. But I think that's part of what makes it so valuable to go somewhere else. It isn't just, you know, I feel like going somewhere else. It's it's the way that it opens up all of your senses in different ways. And I think that helps all those synapses fire together and I'm not a neuroscientist I've never studied this it just makes sense to me so yeah I think I think that is is one of the things that we don't really think about when we travel but it's happening because I've never you know I've never seen the Eiffel Tower before I've never seen the view from Mm. the top of the Eiffel Tower before or it's been 20 years since I was in Paris and wow I forgot how beautiful the Eiffel Tower is You, you know what insert something else for Eiffel Tower as as appropriate but but yeah I think we don't we don't think about that as you know a creative tool which you could employ even just by you know driving 20 miles from your own town to a place you haven't visited before just as much as flying halfway around the world yeah I think you're totally spot on Nancy I think it's a senses and it just Mm -hmm. goes into overdrive and it's because it's you and I think that's stimulating as well. When you, you you know your home, you know it well. It's not new, but that stimulation of a new place, it just, yeah, it fires everything up. And I'm so glad that it does. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I think we don't appreciate it that way enough, and maybe we should appreciate that more. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, So what's next for you? What's next for me? Gosh, more books. I've got a few ideas <laughs> for a few other books. Um, I try and do two books a year. So I've just released the Annex Abroad one. Um, the second one will be released later this month. Um, and then I'll be working on my next two books for next year. So um, and probably, well, I'm definitely getting some travelling in as well this year, um, which I'll stim- do a little bit more stimulation for and some more ideas. But, um, yeah, also the, um, I attended, I was participated in a travel virtual travel event last year so I'll probably end up doing that also at the end of this year as well again um but yeah attending events um writing some books probably doing a few more interviews plenty of things to keep me busy sounds like just keep traveling sounds like it so is there Mm -hmm. anything you would say to encourage someone who's never really gone traveling before or or you know a tip for them if they're feeling nervous or intimidated about maybe hopping on a plane and flying across an ocean for the first time? Be brave. You can do it. Take it in baby steps. If you haven't been overseas before, go somewhere local, you know, somewhere that that is close to where you are, might be interstate, and do that as a trial and see how you go. And then when you go on that international trip, you will have done, you know, a trip already so you'll have that confidence but I just say be brave um there is a wonderful world out there just waiting to be explored and to be um visited 
you're missing out if you don't explore and visit. Um, you know, they say if you if you don't travel, you're only reading one chapter of a book. Ooh. That's what I think travel's like. The book is full of all these chapters. Life is full of chapters. And if you're, you know, you might not want to travel and that's fine too, but if you don't travel, you're not, you're not reading those other chapters in the book. That's so, a great metaphor. Um, I would say just do it. You'll be fine. And just think about all the great things that are going to come from your travels, you know. Um, yeah, it, it's life-changing. So just do it. I, I will heartily second all of that. I agree <laughs> completely. Most mm. of the best things I've ever done have involved getting on a plane and going somewhere. So yeah. I, I am a big fan of expanding your horizons that way. So, Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing all of this with all of us. I think this has been great. You've inspired me to figure out where I'm going next. Great. It was lovely chatting with you, Nancy. That's our episode. Thanks so much to Linda King and to you for listening. I hope you're inspired to travel somewhere, whether near or far, and will leave a review for this episode. There's a link in your podcast app telling us about how travel has impacted your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Thanks so much. You know, I talk to people all the time who are feeling totally lost, overwhelmed, and stuck creatively. And I know there are lots more of you out there who are feeling the same way. So I made something to help. Check out the link in your podcast app for my creative tune-up kit. It's 37 bucks, super affordable, and it's full of my favorite coaching tools to help you rediscover your creative self and make progress fast. I would love to get it into your hands so that you can get unstuck and create beautiful things this year. Follow Your Curiosity is produced by me, Nancy Norbeck, with music by Joseph McDade. If you like Follow Your Curiosity, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends. It really helps me reach new listeners. 